In this episode, you are going to learn the tools you need to set up your sales team. There are two kinds of people coming to you, a shopper and a customer, and your sales team should cater to each one effectively. In this episode, you'll learn how important both your site and emails are to your sales. Also, how to have them continue to work for you effectively so that you can continue doing client work while still get sales. Welcome to Live in the Feast. I'm Jason Resnick, and for the past decade, I've been helping businesses translate their goals into online success as a freelance web developer. In order for me to accomplish my why as a freelancer, I needed to live in the feast. Now I'm turning the tables around so you as the freelancer can do the same and build a sustainable business to achieve success so that you can ultimately live the kind of life you want. This episode is sponsored by Feast. Feast is an online course and coaching platform built for freelancers like you who are looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Want to get higher quality clients? Command higher prices? Build recurring revenue so that you can stay out of the famine for good? Feast will help you focus and remain accountable through coaching calls, community, an exclusive mastermind group, and tons of resources. Join the VIP list now by going to res.com feast and get first crack at some exclusive bonuses when the next enrollment opens. You are a freelancer, not a corporation. You are one person, not a huge team. You are a business, which means that you need sales. Sales is always the hot topic for any business. This really is the food for a business. Without sales, the business dies. As a freelancer, sales oftentimes comes by word of mouth. Once you get that first project under your belt and it's successful, then that client may refer you more work. Another avenue is that during this first project, you have colleagues that you're speaking to or have spoken with that really understand the work that you do and hear of other projects that you might be a good fit for. So they, in turn, refer you more work. Getting more sales comes not just by way of having leads knock at your door, but it's also about how those leads interact with you how they are treated, and ultimately if the project is a fit for both you and that other person as well. I mentioned tools a lot in this episode, but I want you to pay close attention to the methods and processes that I mention rather than the tools. The tools will only help you if your process is solid. You can have the most expensive, polished, award-winning tool But if you don't have that process in place for that tool to support, it's really just a waste of money. You will learn in this episode what you need to capture leads, nurture those leads, and ultimately turn them into clients. Ever walk into a store and the salesperson comes right up to you and says, can I help you with anything? Even before you step two feet into the store and then that salesperson shadows you, even if you say no, thank you. It's annoying at times, right? 
Sometimes you just want to take a look around before you even make a purchase. Sometimes you're just killing time and never intended to buy anything in the first place. Then there are those other times where you know exactly what you want to buy and need a salesperson to get it for you. And there isn't one to be found anywhere in the store. Now, how annoying is that? Even just 30 seconds or 45 seconds of looking for someone seems like you've been looking for an hour. If it wasn't for your need to buy it, you'd probably just walk out of the store. Both these situations cater to only one type of customer. The first caters to the customer that needs help, but not to the customer that's just looking around. The second situation is the complete opposite. These may be businesses that are highly successful and long-lasting companies, but the experience of sales for their customers could be better. The sad reality is that freelancers often fall into one of these scenarios. Rarely do you find a freelancer that is great at both. I want to share with you first the way in which you can cater to the types of folks who are really just shopping around. You undoubtedly have a website, right? But are you blogging regularly? Do you have a products and services page? Are you providing shoppers with a window into your products and services that answer the questions that they have? So the first tool you need for your sales team is a good website, not just one that has a great design and you throw up a contact form and it says what it is that you do, but one that speaks to the potential customer, one that answers some of the questions that they have, one that allows them to reach out to you when they are ready to buy, which I'll get into here in a minute. As a part of that website, you need to have articles and testimonials that speak to answering questions that your shopper has. Think about what you do when you want to buy something that's a bit more pricey than, let's say, dinner. Say, for example, a TV or a camera or even a car. What do you do? You ask your friends for suggestions, what they bought, why they bought it. You'll probably look online for reviews, maybe even post a few questions on Facebook. Really just try and learn all you can so that you can make the right decision. You should make your website the hub for all things you and your business. Include on your site testimonials from current and past clients. If you can get video testimonials, that's even better. But if not, a few sentences will do just fine. In these testimonials, if you can have them address concerns that those clients had when they first started working with you, that would be ideal. You should be writing articles on a regular basis as well. I get told all the time from freelancers that they don't have anything to write about, which then I say, well, here's a list. In fact, I'm going to give you that list right now, and I don't even know what your business is. Ready? One, address the top three, five, ten questions about the problem you are solving. Two, write about a real-life scenario in which you were presented a problem and solved it. Obviously, leave out identities if need be and make up some names. Three, Use stats from reliable polls and surveys to validate the problem. Four, 
use your solution against a real world example or brand that's well known. Five, why your service may be wrong for someone. Six, the story of your service, but connect it to your audience. Seven, an FAQ or frequently asked questions about your service. Eight, interview folks in your space. And nine, look at buzzsumo.com and plug in a competitor's or vendor's website and see what they are writing about and then fill in the gaps. Look, your website shouldn't be about you. It should be about your customers. And as you can see from that list, that's exactly who your blog posts should be addressed to. Megan Gray of houseofgrays.com helped me clearly define my brand and helped me along with the design of it and the design of my website. When she told me this, I didn't really understand it at first until she put me through an exercise to create all the content on my site first. It was a small shift in thinking from what features I was offering to clients towards the benefits that my clients get from me. That simple shift in thinking allowed leads to come to my site and be converted into clients before I even had a chance to talk with them. I get more leads filling out their project brief than filling out the quick contact form in the footer of my website. This is what a quote unquote salesperson does, right? They help educate someone, answer questions, concerns, and in turn convert them into a customer. The second part to this is having that person be able to reach out when they are ready. I talk a lot about having a proper email system in place. I personally love and use Drip. I'll get into some of the reasons here in a bit, but above all the bells and whistles that all of these email providers give to you, you want to be able to track, segment, and most importantly, have leads and customers receive your emails. I've used MailChimp, Constant Contact, and others over the years. The reason I like Drip is because of the way it segments subscribers. Instead of using lists to segment people, it uses a tagging system. And I know some providers out there are also starting to move in this direction, but what Drip has on top of tags that helps define these segments are events. These events are time stamped on a person's record in Drip. So you know exactly when that person becomes a lead, a client, or anything you can think of. So for example, if you want to send out an email to everyone that's visited your services page in the last 30 days, this is nice and easy to do inside of Drip. On top of the segmentation that Drip does, it really has powerful workflows to do things like customer onboarding, promotions, evergreen pitches, as well as some really cool on-site personalization with JavaScript. But I can geek out on all of this stuff all day long. The bottom line is you want to have something in place so that you know your leads and customers are getting to you when they want. Leverage the lead's interest in a topic by offering them more content in exchange for the email address. You don't always have to get someone's contact information through a contact form. Blog posts are great ways to figure out what someone is interested in. Once they are reading your post or your services page, Offer them something as their next step. 
It could be a free email course or bonus content or something else that's fitting. This is essentially your call center. You've had a customer reach out to you in some way. In fact, they've reached out to you with interest in something that you have. Now deliver that to them. Have a process in place to make sure that the person who's interacting with you feels important. Once you deliver on that promise, then continue to nurture them. If they've downloaded a piece of bonus content, then over the next couple of weeks or a couple of days, whatever makes sense, send them links to other articles on your site that are in the same category. Cater to their needs and only offer them what they are asking for. Remember, you don't want to be that salesperson in the store hovering over someone just as they walked in. After a few emails, you can slowly start to pitch your services to them. I mean, you can obviously do it at any time, but what I've found that works best is that most folks don't want the pitch until they've had some level of interaction with you to build up that trust factor. You can have your email system reach out to them to pick the best time for a quick chat or send them off a link to request your services. Make it obvious that they would be buying your services, but no need to set up a sign with flashing lights and an arrow pointing right at you. It should be the natural progression of things and guaranteed you'll have an increase in your lead to client conversions. Each of these processes I mentioned you can do manually at first, but then quickly change them into bits of automation in your business using an email system. Allow your email automation to handle all that heavy lifting. You just tell it what and where to send the emails. By having your website be the hub that folks can go to for your business to get information about you and your services without the pressure of being sold to goes a long way in earning a potential client's trust. When a potential client is ready to reach out, make it super simple, but more importantly, super beneficial for them to reach out. Make it their next step in the process. Now your website caters to those who are just shopping around, but also to those that are ready to get more from you. Not only do they get this from your website, but you've also taken that next step and are in their inbox, directly linking them back to your website with their next steps. The action steps for this show are pretty simple. If you have less than 10 blog posts, I want you to create three blog posts picking from the list I mentioned earlier in the show. Pick one of those posts and offer up bonus content in exchange for an email address. The easiest way to do this is if you have like a top five or a top 10 list article, make it the top eight and give up the last two for an email address. Now, if you have more than 10 blog posts, kudos to you, but I want you to go back and look at your three most popular. Figure out what you can offer to the reader as the next step. This is where maybe there's an email course to offer or a bonus piece of content, whatever that is, you want to do it on these three blog posts. You want to start leveraging the traffic that's coming to your website, especially if these high traffic pages don't offer any next steps, but is answering the questions for your potential customers. 
Your website and your email system is your sales team. The best part is that as you continue to give more and more to your site and emails, the better and better it does its selling. There are always two types of people in business, shoppers and customers. You want your sales team to know the difference between the two, cater to each effectively, and then transition between them. By leveraging your site and your email system, you can then, as a solo business owner, know that even if you are working on the client stuff and the client projects, that your sales team is still working to get you leads and convert those leads into clients. This makes you sustainable as a business. In the next episode, Laura Elizabeth joins in on the discussion and she shares with us how she creates memorable experiences for all her clients to get more and more business. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. <laughs>